This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment of the show here on a Wednesday. Going to get to your tweets just in a second. But a couple more things that we have to get to here, all right? If you haven't been rocking and rolling on Steelers.com this season, well, shame on you for six weeks or maybe three weeks because that's all along that the season has been so far. You get it, all right? But uh, Steelers.com, Steelers Live, all kinds of great programming, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, Missy Matthews, Mike Pursuta, Bob Labriola, our buddy Arthur Motes, our buddy Craig Wolfley, Charlie Batch, uh, Dave Damashek, all different kind of good roundtable conversations that they're having on Steelers Live that you can always watch live. You can also catch it on Steelers.com as well, too. What did we learn from Steelers-Bengals, right? Some good, some bad, but what did we learn after Sunday? Man, we didn't play smart enough today. That was reflected in the penalty game. We didn't execute enough today making routine plays routinely. We dropped the ball. Um, we gave up a, a deep ball in, in situational play. Um, you know, there's enough to go around, and, and we take responsibility for that. It is what it is. Hi, everyone. I'm Missy Matthews. Welcome to the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. The Steelers losing back-to-back home games, falling to the Cincinnati Bengals 24-10 to on Sunday. Let's break it down for you by introducing first my panelists today, Bob Labriola of Steelers.com and Steelers Digest. We have former Steelers quarterback. Also, you can hear him on the DV postgame show, Charlie Batch. And we also have former Steelers outside linebacker, Arthur Motes, Hall of Famer, field uh, named after you. We We've got it all going on here, guys, but not a pretty picture for the Steelers that we, as we sit here, the second non-victory Monday, they're sitting at one and two. So I want to start generically here, just overall, given what has happened and transpired the past two weeks, do you stay the course or do you start to try and shake things up? Labs, we'll start with you. Well, there, there are limited changes, I think, that you can make at this stage you know, of an NFL regular season. Um, you can adjust, I think, some of your personnel in the sense that, you know, who gets the uh, more playing time during games, you know, the roles, adjust some things like that. But there's no magic bullets out there, you know, free agents who are coming going to come in on a uh, ride in on a white horse and solve all the problems. I mean, you can't change uh, the, the fundamental uh, offensive or defensive systems at this point. You don't have the kind of practice time to implement new things uh, in those areas, you know, because during the regular season, you're working throughout the week to get ready for the next opponent because you're trying to win a game every week. So, you know, changes, I wouldn't use the word changes. I, I would use the word adjustments. And, but then there are also things that are either part of your fundamental uh, belief in how you want to play or, you know, fundamental concepts of your offense and defense that you kind of just have to keep working on to improve them. All right, Charlie, are you staying the course? Or are you shaking it up as we head into week four, heading to Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers? Well, I'm, I'm staying the course, and that's only because injuries right now and the way this roster is, there's not a lot of moves to be made because of that. Now, if everybody's healthy, then that's a different conversation. But at this particular point, you stay the course. 
you have to figure out, okay, whose fault it is. And the reason why you cannot change at this particular point, at least replace somebody, because if you do, you're telling that is the reason why we're losing if you replace a particular player. And I don't think they're in a state right now that they can turn around now and start finger pointing. They're all in this together. They have a chance to write the ship to get the 500 this week. So it, right now is not panic mode. As you say, you stay the course. All right, Mo, which way are you falling? For me, I can hear what Labs is saying. I can hear what Charlie is saying, but I do think you make changes and not necessarily the big ones that everybody likes to talk about. Oh, switch a quarterback. I'm not going that route. But I do think there are personnel changes that you can make offensively and defensively in terms of guys that you feel aren't consistent enough or their effort might be in question. That should never be the case at this level. And when you watch the tape at times, that shows up. And I think that's something that you should, that in terms of changes being made, that's something that they could definitely do. And I also think from personal experience with Coach Tomlin, I believe it was 2015 season, we started out, it was what, under 500 at one point. We made changes, but it didn't relate to who was starting and who wasn't. It became more so he's going to be a jerk in practice. If you're not on the line at three at three o'clock on the dot, we're going to find you. If you're not there at whatever time was right on the dot, we're going to get after you. And those are the things that he did to implement more discipline. You talk about penalties, that's a discipline-related thing. You talk about lack of catching consistently, that's discipline. That's your eyes just being fundamental and doing the things that you're, you know, what you have done your whole life to get here. I think those are the changes that could be made that I think could at least give them a little bit more positivity in the short term. All right, Labs, one of the thing we, things we heard about from Coach Tomlin, of course, the penalties, the Steelers had 10 for 73 yards. The Bengals also had 10 for 89 yards, I should add. But, you know, just the way that they happened, the drive killers, what did you see in terms of the penalties and the turnovers yesterday? Well, I mean, you know, the, the penalties, the offensive penalties early in the game, really, as you mentioned, drive killers, they're momentum killers, they're, uh, they prevent you from uh, converting third downs, which prevents an offense from being able to continually run plays and try and get into some kind of a rhythm, uh, not only for themselves a rhythm, but into a rhythm against that particular opponent. And so, you know, the pre-snap penalties, those kinds of things, you know, as, as, as has been mentioned, that's discipline. You know, if the snap count is two, know how to count to two. I mean, it's, it's really, there's not a whole lot involved in that beyond, you know, paying attention and staying disciplined. Some of the other things, maybe it's a uh, result of sloppy technique. Some of the holding penalties, maybe. Uh, guys either getting tired or um, being de defeated one-on-one. -on -one. They get sloppy with their technique. You, know, you kind of have to find a way to fight through some of that stuff so that you can continue to do the things the way they need to be done to stay away from penalty flags. All right, we had a chance to hear from quarterback Ben Roethlisberger following yesterday's loss. Let's take a listen. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna point the fingers at anybody else. It's got a, I'll point the thumb at myself and um, try and get it figured out. I'm. I'm I'm a little stumped by it. I'm a little. I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. I hate losing. I'm never going to quit and give up. And you know, I think it's just um, it's frustrating because I know the, the the work that we all put in, and myself and the other guys and Coach Canada and the other coaches, um, we're busting our butt. We're having great days of practice. We're having great walkthroughs, good meetings. So, uh, just hope at some point it, you know, it clicks for us. All right, Charlie, I know you heard his entire interview after the game, frustrated, stumped by it. Uh, you know Ben very well. What did you see from him in the offense yesterday and just the struggles that are continuing to happen? 
Yeah, it's tough. And you talk about starting fast and Steelers, of course, they come out first two drives. They had three penalties and and three penalties, 21 yards. That's not the manner that you want to start a game. And that's frustrating from uh, his perspective. And just watching it, you can see kind of the ebb and flow of the game. He wants to push the tempo. That's not happening. So I just think him, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada, they need to sit down specifically on Monday and Tuesday to say, hey, what is the game plan? What does it look like moving forward? And if for some reason in the middle of the game, I want to go no huddle, at least allow you the flexibility of changing the play at the line of scrimmage. Right now, he just does not have that. And it just gets to the point where you can see the kind of frustration happening, but these things happen when you're when you're not winning in that manner. So they have to figure this out, and it starts with communication. Charlie, just a follow-up for you. Can you go back to maybe a team or an offense where things didn't gel right away and you were able to see them overcome? Uh, it's been a while since I've been in that situation, but I think, you know, it just kind of takes me back to 2012 whenever Todd Haley was first hired and there was a little bit of frustration because we weren't uh, as effective offensively in the manner that we would like to be. But that conversation happened. Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger got together. They were able to pick that tempo up and we were able to kind of put some wins together during the course of the season. So it just kind of it's, it's unprecedented at this point, especially when you have someone sitting at 18 years knowing the offense in and out. And yet a new offense is here. Yes, terminology is different, but ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to wins and losses. And right now, this duo that you have with the coordinator and a quarterback combination right now, they're one and two, and that's not the start that they wanted. All right, Arthur, as Coach Tomlin always says, the other guys get paid too. So what did the Bengals defensive front do to really create havoc for the Steelers offense that is already having its own issues? To me, I thought the biggest difference was their effort. I thought that they finished plays a lot better. I thought we had good position at times, especially in our pass protection, but it just looked like we got a little bit just lackadaisical towards the end part of these plays, and that's what led to the holding penalties, right? You see a guy, good protection. Ben steps this way because it's a little bit later. He's extending the play, and because that old lineman just relaxed a little bit, you put yourself in a, in a compromising position. And to me, I thought that was the biggest difference, running game and passing game. I just thought those guys had a little bit more urgency, and it was kind of disheartening to see that, especially when you remember how they played last week, and this was supposed to be the game where they get right, where they show, hey, we're not going to accept this level of play. We're not going to be uh, fine with Ben getting hit the way that he's been getting hit. To see another week where effort was in question a little bit, I just wasn't really happy about that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here on the extra point presented by Microsoft Surface. When we return, the Steelers defense got their first interception of the season, but big plays becoming an issue once again. We'll break that down for you. We'll be right back. If we want to be a successful defense, um, we got to get off the field, uh, can't, have penalties, um, can't give up big plays. Um, and, you know, for our younger guys uh, and just for our team in general, uh, this is what not to do, um, you know, and what better way is to learn from it. Everyone, welcome back to the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. Time to talk a little Steelers defense. Motes, we'll start with you here. We also heard from Cam saying hopefully this is the worst loss, the worst game that we'll see this season. What's your biggest takeaway from their performance yesterday? Yeah, to me, the biggest takeaway was the injuries up front really cost them in terms of just their ability to create the natural pressure that they're 
typically accustomed to creating. I thought that part lacked. And then just the tackling, right? We know in terms of the touchdown that they scored at the beginning of the game, just got to wrap up, right? Finish plays a little bit better. To me, that was my, you know, just initial reaction to that. I thought the injuries, though, were just a little bit too much for them to overcome yesterday. Charlie, we like to say injuries aren't an excuse, but they did have some substantial ones on defense, specifically T.J. Watt. He's played eight career games with the Steelers against the Bengals. He's had seven and a half sacks. What did you see from the defense yesterday? Well, it just lets me know that, or lets everybody know that pass, rush, and coverage, they go hand in hand. And no matter if you, no matter how good the back end is, if you're not putting pressure on a quarterback, any quarterback can sit back and throw the football in the manner that Joe Burrow was able to do. You go back to that touchdown pass that was scored in the red zone. Burrow had five, six, seven seconds to throw the football. There was no way that Joe Hayden can cover in that particular manner. So they just have to figure out a way to get back to getting after the quarterback. But unfortunately, when you don't have the pass rushers in the manner that they started the season with, now, guess what? These young guys have to step up in the manner of the – quickly because they're no longer rookies at this point. They have to step up and get it done because we quite frankly don't know how long, how much longer T.J. Watt and Alex Hasmith are going to be out. Labs, in terms of giving up the big plays, Charlie mentioned uh, a few of them there. What did you see from the Steelers' defense, even though this is something Coach Tomlin harped on the previous week and we saw again yesterday? Well, oftentimes what happens in situations where, you know, a team is trying to overcome, replace significant injured players, you'll have some of the other significant players on the unit thinking, well, I got to pick up the slack personally. I have to do something, you know, to make up for the absence of TJ Watt or the absence of Alex Highsmith or just in general, the absence of the pass rush. You know, I think we saw that in the game against the Raiders, that third and 10, you know, I think, I believe Minka Fitzpatrick felt he needed to make a big play on that third and 10 situation. And so, you know, maybe based on video study or, or whatever, he believed that the Raiders were going to go to Darren Waller in that situation. And so when the, the kind of the route kind of set up where it looked like they might be going in at the sticks, make a bit. Henry Ruggs runs past him. Carr puts the ball on the money and it's a 61 yard touchdown pass. I mean, that's I, I believe that that would be an inclination of a great player to try and do something great to help his team in a critical situation. But you also have to be careful not to get caught trying to do too much because the opponent will take advantage of that. Motes, I want to go back to you since we're talking defense. I know personnel has changed due to injuries, but are the Steelers doing anything different than what they did in terms defensively against the Bills where they got that win week one? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about them against the Bills, they were able to create a ton of pressure without having to blitz. And that's significant because you never have to lose a person in coverage, right? Typically, when you're blitzing, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to take away a coverage guy and add to this rush. Whereas now, it's a little bit flipped, right? Because yesterday, they couldn't just generate normal organic pressure with the front four. They had to go a little bit to the blitzing route. And when you do that, if your coverage is lacking in any way, shape, or form, now you're going to be taking a guy away and putting those guys in a little bit more compromising position. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that you still have to operate, right? You still got to play with your normal routine in terms of your technique of fundamentals. If you're supposed to be pressed up and getting hands on these receivers, you can't allow them to have free releases. They, I mean, they are great athletes, right? And when you allow them to just free release and run and be, be these athletes, they're going to win a lot of those times like that. And that, to me, also stood out when we talk about that defense in the secondary as well. 
Charlie, Coach always talks about complimentary football, and we haven't really seen other than that Buffalo game, the defense helping the offense and vice versa. Do you feel like the defense is trying to do too much knowing that the offense is struggling to maybe find their rhythm? That's possible in this situation. And I really thought coming into this game that time of possession was going to be key. If the Steelers offense was able to control the time of possession, giving that defense a break. Unfortunately, that was not the formula because the Steelers did control the time of possession. So, yes, this defense is trying to do a little bit too much. Somebody trying to make a play, you know, just to try to get things going on that side of the ball. And sometimes that's costing them in the back end, giving up big plays. So they just have to get back to staying uh, fundamentally sound, staying within your gaps, not allowing those big runs to pop. If you play your sound football and do your job, focus on that and let's go out there. If we all do that, then that means you'll have a little bit more success. All right, guys, thanks for helping me break down the Bengals game. Coach Tomlin will have his press conference on Tuesday at noon. You can watch it live here. Thanks for joining us here today on the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. We'll see everybody here next Monday. Great stuff there from the Steelers live crew, as always, taking a closer look at the defense, some of the things, the takeaways from the Bengals game, certainly a whole bunch to sink our teeth into there, without a doubt. Wesley Euler back with you here on the Steelers Blitz final I mean, we still hey, we still got plenty of time here. I was going to say final minutes of the show, but we still got plenty of time. Before we get to your tweets, your questions, your comments, concerns, and reactions, it is also a Power Rankings Wednesday here on the show. You know I got to give you my top 10 teams in the NFL. Let me do that here for a moment before we get to your tweets. I think there's a shakeup at the top this week. So normally I start at the top because it feels like it's more anticlimactic or it's less anticlimactic because we know the teams at the top, but since there's been a shakeup there this week, I'll do the good old-fashioned thing, and I'll start at the back end. Number 10, I've got the Chargers. I believe in this team. They're young, but I really like Herbert. I think they've got a lot of good individual pieces on their defense. Really tough division, but I got the Chargers at number 10. At number 9, I got... Hey, 3-0 is 3-0. They're playing good football. They've beaten some good teams along the way as well. I got Las Vegas at number nine. Number eight, I got the Browns. I, I've told you all season, I think this is about where I'm going to have Cleveland. I think they're a good team, but I think they have their limitations. The defense is not good. I still don't trust the quarterback in winning time, but they got a great roster. They've got a good offense. I like Kevin Stefanski as a head coach. I think that that team is completely bought in to his identity, to his message that he has sold that team. I got the Browns. At number eight, at number seven, I got the 49ers. Would be undefeated if it wasn't for another Aaron Rodgers miracle, and that's a bad man. You know, we didn't talk today about the Aaron Rodgers-Pittsburgh comments and, you know, A.A. Ron going on McAfee's show yesterday and having a lot of nice things to say about Pittsburgh and the franchise and Mike Tomlin. All I'll say on that matter is, If you know anything about me and how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, you don't need to ask me if I would take him on the Steelers next year. Because I'd take him on the Steelers right now. Love that guy. 49ers at number 7 would be a little higher if it wasn't for that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. Number 6, I got the Ravens. Folks, I know people don't like it when we talk about this, but Lamar Jackson is playing really good football. Their offensive line should get healthier. I think their defense is figuring it out in the absence of some key guys. Baltimore, number six. Number five, I've got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Lighting the world on fire, scoring a lot of points ever since that game against Pittsburgh. 
The defense is healthy and much better than last year, I think. The offense still has weapons all over the place. They're well coached. They got a talented roster. Got the Buffalo Bills at number five. Number four, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Lowest they've been in a while. Yeah, they're one and two. I know it's funny. We normally don't have a one and two team in the top four, but it's the Chiefs. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. Josh Gordon on the way. If he can, you know, keep himself on that roster and, and, and on football, uh, that'll be a heck of a weapon for the Chiefs. With Mahomes, with Andy Reid, with that roster, yay. They've played a really tough schedule, too, to start the season. Look at the teams that they've played. Uh, the Chiefs are just fine. They're number four on my list. Number three, I got the Packers. That was quick. Yeah, week one, they get blown out by the Saints. Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. The team's a mess. Matt LaFleur can't coach. And ever since then, they're back to looking like they have looked the past two years, which was one of the teams that was in the Final Four in the NFC Championship game each of the past two seasons. The Packers are going to be fine. They have their limitations as their roster. They play in the uh, NFC, and I think there are two better teams than them in this conference. I'll get to them in a second. But I got the Packers at number three. At number two, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost, finally. And what they do, they went out and added another former All-Pro. Uh, they brought in Richard Sherman this week. He's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. The secondary has been a little worrisome this year. Other than that, though, really great roster. Well-coached, good quarterback. They're going to be just fine. Their, their schedule's a joke over the next 10 or 11 weeks. Uh, they might, we might look up and they might be 12-1, 12-2, something like that at some point this season. The Bucs are going to be just fine. They're number two on my list. And number one, for the first time this season, for the first time, I think, maybe since I've been doing this list over the last few years, it's the LA Rams, baby. <laughs> Stud defense, good quarterback, great offense, great coach. They got it all going on for them. They got a very good roster. They're well coached. Matt Stafford seems like he might be the missing piece to that puzzle. As it stands right now, our week four power rankings – I've got the Rams number one. One more time here. I'll start from the top and run it down. Number one, I got the Rams. Then the Bucks, Packers, Chiefs, Bills. That's your top five. Then at number six, Ravens, Niners, Browns, Raiders, Chargers. That's my top ten. My honorable mentions, Cardinals, Broncos, Panthers. Let's get to some of your tweets here. Annie tweets us and says, The shot in Freud of rival fans and angst of ours is overwhelming. Seeking comfort by looking for any progress over the season, which may benefit us in the sh- which may not benefit us in the short term, but will in the long term. Yeah, we got to talk about this real quick. Speaking of that, Schadenfreude is it Schadenfreude or Schadenfreude? I realize I'm Euler here. I'm the German one. I should I should know this, uh, folks. You're seeing some of this with the Tyler Boyd stuff. All right, you're seeing some of this already. Just let it go. The Pittsburgh Steelers have not struggled. The Pittsburgh Steelers have not been last in their division in in two decades. Rival fans are going to throw their darts. They're going to talk their trash. Just let it go. Because if you respond, if you call them sore losers, if you respond with, yeah, well, we got six rings, all you're doing is making it worse. Everyone's freaking out about this Tyler Boyd comment. Guys, Like that's just sports in 2021, man. That's just what sports banter is. You know, we used to say to the victor goes the spoils, right? Now it's just like the winner gets to troll everyone and gets to post funny memes. The more you overreact to it, the more the cycle continues. It's not that deep. It's sports banter. Rival fans are going to make their jokes at the Steelers' expense. Tyler Boyd's going to make his jokes at the Steelers' expense. But guess what? When you've had all the success that this franchise has had, it's worth it. All right? 
the Penguins might stink this year. And, and you know, Islanders fans might make their jokes. Who cares? What the heck have they won? What the heck have the Bengals won? Who cares? Let them make their jokes. Ignore them. Let them scream into the void by themselves. Don't react to all that little pitter-patter nonsense. Steeler Nation 920 says, if you could pick any Steelers quarterback in history besides Terry Bradshaw to swap with Ben currently, who and why? I mean, it's got to be Cordell Stewart, right? At least you feel like his mobility would be able to offer an extra element to this offense. Um, maybe he uses his legs to open up the run game a little bit. At least keep other defenses honest. It feels like Cordell's mobility could could help out this offense right now, certainly. Uh, and we all know Matt Canada likes those type of quarterbacks as well. Steeler Bomb tweets me and says, thank you, Wes, for that run game rant. What's really going to drive me nuts is I can see the Steelers uh, getting up for this game, shutting down Aaron Rodgers, but then letting Baker Mayfield torch them. Oh, no. Not that Steeler Bomb. Anyone but Baker Mayfield, please. Please. You know what? Honestly, if the Steelers only win two games the rest of the season, but they beat the Browns and shut those dorks up both times, it might be all right with me. I'm not saying I'm just saying. Don Juan tweets and says, with Ebron and his drops, should Kevin Rader be brought up? He could block. He could also help on special teams. Also, do you think we should sign Jamie Collins? I think the Steelers are past the point of signing anybody. They went out and they added Carl Joseph late. They went out and they added Witherspoon late. I just kind of... Taco Charlton as well, too. Maybe. But if they do add somebody at this point, it feels like it would have to be an offensive lineman, right? As for Ebron, I, I don't know. Does, I, I know that none of us are happy with Eric Ebron. He hasn't performed on the field. He runs his mouth too much off the field. He's not a great blocker. I get all that, but his upside is still a lot higher than Kevin, Kevin Raiders. I, I think you still have to give Ebron some snaps. I would just, I would, I'd give the, 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 the tight end one role um, completely to, to Pat Frymuth at this point. Katie tweets me and says, congrats on the news of your impending daughter. I was driving when I heard. Thank you, Katie. She asked, did wide receivers not getting separation have more to do with Ben wanting to get rid of the ball super quick to not get hit or the offensive line not giving him time to let plays develop? Both of those things, Katie, as well as the wide receivers just not being able to get separation. Everyone's callable. Because like I said, there has been times that the wide receivers have made have created space out there and Ben's missed them. But there's also been times where the offensive line has actually protected well. Ben's had time and there's just nothing open downfield. So it's it, you can't just point the finger at Ben, at the offensive line, at the wide receivers. They're all culpable. They all got to get better. And I think they are all capable of getting better. Certainly at least the wide receivers. Because they are young. They are talented. We've seen them make plays before. They can do it again. Check in here on the Twitter.com. One last refresh. Julie tweets me and says, beat Cleveland at all costs. That game uh, after the break is going to be huge no matter where we are. It's a revenge game to boot. God, I hate them. Me too, Julie. I like. I hate this edition of the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if I hate them historically, right? But I, I'm trying to think about this out loud. Like, Really, the only teams that I truly hate hate I think there's three the Philadelphia Flyers the Baltimore Ravens 
and the Pitt Panthers. All right, don't get mad at me for that last one. I'm just being honest. I think those are probably the only three sports teams in the world that I truly hate. It doesn't matter who the people are, who the coach is, who anything. I always hate the Flyers. I always hate the Ravens, and I always hate Pitt. But man, Cleveland, after one good season, the way that their fans are acting, the way that they're acting, yeah, it's rather annoying. But like I said, that's part of that thing too. You have to expect that to an extent. Cleveland fans, Bengals fans, they're going to be trying to dance on the Steelers' grave and all that stuff. Just laugh at them and let them. Don't fire back at them and, and, and give them additional information. That's what they want. Just laugh at them and know that they haven't experienced one-tenth of the joy as football fans as you have. It's really that simple. As Arthur Motes would say, in the words of Jim Harbaugh, who's got it better than us? Nobody. And that'll do it for me today. Thanks to everybody for rocking with me on Twitter. You know I appreciate you guys uh, and your participation when Arthur Motes is out. Motesy will be back tomorrow. We'll do three things Thursday. We'll keep it rolling as we start to look ahead to that game up in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So take care now. Bye-bye then. You've been listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.